the virtual couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father for ultra marathon runner and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction and compulsive sexual behavior. So if you or anyone that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. And there you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. There's also the Pathback Forum that you can access right off of tonyoverbay.com as well. Uh, I want to jump right in. we got a great, great podcast ahead. Um, but first, a really big thanks to Rachel Nielsen. She's host of the podcast 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms. And she had me on as a guest last week. Um, the second guy to ever be on. Uh, spoiler alert, if you listen to the episode, her grandpa was first. Um, so it was an honor for me. But she put on a clinic of uh, how people connect via various forms of social media. So Instagram's a huge part of her podcast. I'm trying to get that going more with the virtual couch. But I had a great time reading. She posted about the episode on her Instagram account and uh, just a ton of feedback from our episode. And more importantly, she not only like solicited that feedback, but she asked questions. There were a ton of great questions. I tried to get on and answer a few of them. But uh, she had me talk about parenting on the episode, and not surprisingly, I talked about the nurtured heart approach of parenting. But again, the interaction was what was key. So um, I just thought I would I would bring that to uh, your attention if you've never heard of her podcast. Um, go find it, 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms on iTunes or wherever you get your, your podcast. I'll throw a link to it in the show notes. Um, but... But then she opened it up to even more questions, and I ended up recording a six-minute video to answer all of the questions, post on her Instagram account, to which she cut up the video and posted it onto her story on Instagram, along with lots of little witty captions and summaries of the questions. And I realize I am sounding so old right now about, you know, this Instagram thing and uh, the um, video, um, but it, it was just fun. So look up her podcast, and especially if you're interested in more of the nurtured heart approach to parenting, because we had a really good uh, back and forth about that. And I'll post the audio on here in a few weeks kind of as a bonus episode, and, and I'm actually having her on here in a couple of weeks to talk about a really important topic that uh, I don't really want to give much more away, but uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a really, really good episode. And uh, really quick from a, the, the business side of things, I want to thank bloomforwomen.com for their support of the podcast and visit bloomforwomen.com to access, uh, access their incredible library of tools and programs and online support groups for women who have been put through any type of betrayal trauma, be it from the confession or discovery of a spouse who maybe has had an affair or the discovery of an addiction, whether from pornography or drugs or gambling. We know more every day about how to work with betrayal trauma. It is it is such a real thing. Um, and the symptoms align very closely with those kind of like PTSD. And bloomforwomen.com has the tools to help you grow and move forward, repair. The monthly cost for their services is very, very little. But if you sign up with the code virtual couch, all one word, you can take a quick month-long peek behind the curtain and see what they have to offer. And please continue to visit uh, Eli's Extracts, E-L-I-S-E-X-T-R-A-C-T.com. I may have misspelled that. And use coupon code virtualcouch, all one word, for 25% off the, uh, your purchase of however large of their all-natural organic shave creams uh, that are scented with essential oils. And whether it's for men or women, legs, face, head, you name it, if you're going to be scraping off layers of your skin with a razor, I recommend that that's... Uh, you know, there's an all-natural product with some healing properties of essential oils following right behind where that razor did its job. I don't know if that's the tagline they're looking for. Hey, if you're scraping off layers of skin with a razor, use our stuff. But uh, regardless, let's get to the show. So my guest today is Aurora Florence, and I have been wanting to have her on for quite a while to, to bring her in. She's a talented actress and musician, um, and actually a talented mother and wife and friend, and I'm sure her siblings would say she's a talented sibling and probably a talented neighbor. Um, she's just a good person. And whenever I've seen her or heard her, 
and this is no exception today on the podcast, she brings it, as they say in show business, or maybe they don't say that. Um, you'll probably recognize her as the name. Uh, you'll you'll recognize her as the, the, the writer and performer of the song, It's Wonderful, that I sign off all virtual couch podcasts with. But she's done so much more. And the big reason I wanted to have her on was to, to obviously to hear more about her, her journey, her career, what her life has been like as an actress. And, uh, and I say it in the interview, but so, um, you know, I have a lot of people that when they get down, maybe even when they get pretty hopeless or dare I say when people um, start really thinking about suicide, a lot of times those are the times where I say, hey, let's, let's, let's just pause. And uh, obviously, you know, people feel like maybe they don't have a lot of things positive going on in their life. And let's start looking at what would you do if you could do anything? What would you do? And I can't tell you how many times um, some sort of creative part wants to come out. Some people will say they want to sing or they want to dance or they want to do theater. Um, but they have such kind of this negative self-talk going on in their head that I wanted to bring on somebody who has done this for a living and know that it wasn't just always something that was um, easy for her and that there are ups and downs and what that's like. And, and she just gives some really good insight. And then she's also just really funny. And so, so it's a fun story to listen to. She's, uh, and there's a couple of things in her life and her career that I think will surprise you that she's been a part of. But, uh, I really just like the concept of, you know, this one of these where if this is something you want to do, if you want to explore a career in the arts, if you want to explore doing community theater after work, um, if that is part of your journey to your authentic self, then please, please do it. Give it a shot. Talk to people who've done it, who, who know what it's like. Listen to Aurora. Um, but give it a shot. You know, let's, uh, let's try to work from this place where we don't want to leave, uh, with a lot of regrets on the table. Um, I, I can tell you I'm grateful every day that I didn't, uh, just leave that. Hey, I think I want to go back to school and become a therapist is something that I just thought, uh, that just sounded like a neat idea. And I'm so glad it was something I pursued. So anyway, enough about me. Let's get to Aurora, my interview with Aurora Florence. Oh, and this is going to be a two-part. And I promise you the beginning of part two is going to, I'm not going to go into all the, the business stuff. We'll just kind of get right to it. So here's part one. And uh, and we leave you with a cliffhanger at the end of part one. And part two, I'll release later this week. So thanks. And let's get to the interview with Aurora. So uh, my sincere apologies, I, I was kind of assuming that East Coast, I don't know, when you kind of came back and said, yeah, this time works great. And it was only, what, a six hour difference from when I really wanted to talk to you? <laughs> Just a few, yeah. A little bit, yeah. So right now, Aurora Florence, what time is it where you are in the world? It is 10.07 p.m. 10.07 p.m. Yeah. Uh, my bad. My bad. No, that's, I wish we went to bed before 11 but yeah. that's like, if we get in bed by 11, we're like, yes, high five. You okay. Know, we, we so, did. <laughs> um, I'll jump into the first stereotype of uh, acting types is I make the assumption I've had a couple of actors as clients and, you know, I hear this version of that uh, they're night owls. They don't even get started till late. Is that the case? Is that true? If you're in a show, definitely, because you, most shows, like an early show would be a 7 p.m. Mm. It's like Tuesday night show or a 7. Um and if you're in a long show, I mean, you're lucky to get home before 11. That's like if you're really on top of your getting out the door after a show. Yeah. Um, and then you know, there's the kind of unwinding, getting ready for bed, all of that. So certainly if you're, if you're in shows, if you're a theater actor, you definitely are up late. If you're doing film and TV, it's a little bit different. TV uh -huh. tends to be a daytime, like nine to five. More okay. Full hours, um, or, you know, give or take. Film, it just kind of depends on the day if you're doing a night, a 
night shoot or a morning shoot, you may be called at 3 a.m. and be done at 2 p.m. Oh, or wow. you may not I be called until and yeah, it just depends on what you're filming that day. Okay. So you have to be flexible with your sleep schedule okay. <laughs> as an actor. So, and uh, <laughs> all right. So obviously my guests and they've read it in the, the, I've been so excited. It took 51 episodes to get you on here. I mean, that's true. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to have under my belt and then it was like, and now it's time for Aurora Florence. So right. um, my, my audience is so familiar with you. Congratulations. With, right. Okay. <laughs> First for on 50, not for having me on having yeah, exactly. 50 Oh, I thank you. Thank you very much. And actually you're, I think yeah. you're, 50, you're 51. So that's even better. Yeah. That's um, so, so you end all of my podcasts with the song. It's wonderful. And I remember reaching out to you early on, um, and just asking if that was cool. And I really thought, what if you kind of say, uh, I, I'm sorry, who is this? Or, you know, you reply back with a nice <laughs> unsubscribe, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but I appreciate that. And I get a lot of people that honestly, the, it's kind of cool to get feedback where people say that they are lovingly disappointed when that here comes your music because the podcast is over. But then I leave the whole thing on there. And I can't tell you how many people tell me that they just that that is they leave that song on the whole time till that thing is done. So I appreciate Oh, that. that's right to hear. Yeah. Hey, um, would that be okay to kind of start there? I mean, you know, and then we'll kind of get into your background and that sort of thing. But what is there? And here's where I don't know anything about music or acting. And so, you know, is there a deep meaning behind It's Wonderful? Um, I mean, it's deep for me. I wrote it, you know, in the throes and the angst of college. Um, (laughs) I was um, in our basement apartment. We had a piano down there um, in the basement of the apartment. And I was down there writing one evening and I was... um, you know, just going through a lot of the overwhelm and emotions that come with living with people besides your family for the Mm. first time. And, um, and as I'm working on some, just kind of trying to figure it out, one of my roommates who she's, she's my cousin actually, and a dear friend, but I heard, I heard her outside, like, like screaming and laughing. And it just like, kind of like wrote, just made my blood pressure raise that much more. Like my, like my anxiety was just like, I can't do this anymore. And um, the lyrics, the screaming fireflies is actually, that's her. That was ah, like in that moment. Okay. <laughs> like, because there's like fireflies are something that's like tender and they evoke like childhood. You love them. Right. Mm-hmm. But this, but a screaming firefly, it's like, it's the juxtaposition. Right. And so, um, and the, just the sarcasm of it's wonderful, right? Like here you are in this phase of life that, you know, everyone's telling me like, Oh, college, I wish I could go back to college. It's so fun. Wow. It's so great. And I'm just thinking like, I've never eaten worse in my life. I've never been more tired in my life. I've never been more like emotionally exhausted in my life, you know? And, and it just feels so like, Oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be figuring everything out about who I am all in this moment. So Okay, I love a, that. But it, well, that's because my simpleton view is I hear the words it and, and wonderful. And I'm like, hey, this is a super happy song, right? So I love that there's like <laughs> right. deep, there is deep meaning to that. Yeah. Right, but it's, and it also is, it's like, it's the pain of something when it is wonderful, but it's almost like you're getting too much of the wonderful too. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. It's like the analogy of like too much ice cream. Like I love ice cream so much. Yeah. But if I eat too much ice cream, I'm going to feel sick. So you lost that, me, but I mean, that, I know that that's probably more of the normal. I don't know if I've gotten to that place, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I yeah, that makes sense. Right. Um, that does. And, and out of curiosity, so the, the name of that album is, is it, it's wonderful 
or the, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, it, how fun was that to put together? Was that, was that like check off a bucket list or was it that point in your life? Were you hoping to, to, I mean, this is why I'm so excited to have you on. I mean, we've, we've kind of shared some notes of, I, I want to hear your story of, um, being an actor, professional actor. I mean, I, I, I think I had shared with you, I work with a lot of people that, you know, when they're depressed or they struggle with, you know, crippling anxiety or they, and, and even sometimes when people get to the point where they're losing a lot of hope and I'll just do the, Hey, in a perfect world, what would you love to do? And, and a lot of people, man, I've always wanted to act. I've always wanted to sing. And so then, but then here comes all that negative, you know, but I might, I've been told it's hard or the road is hard or I would never make it or I, and then it just breaks my heart. And so that's why I couldn't wait to get you on because that has been your life, right? Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I've been so blessed to be able to do it. Um, and I took you, I took on a tangent yeah. there. But so in that, when you were writing that, how long did it take to write all the songs? And, and what, were, what were your thoughts about that? Um, the songs from that um, EP, from that album, are from about probably a, a three-year um period i didn't write them for that album i oh. actually um it was like it was a okay these are of the songs that i've written which ones do i want to record for an ep and i um i had actually just gone through some pretty major career disappointments oh. and i was in the process of doing some filming for a project in utah uh-huh. where um that's where like my kind of songwriting music days started so I have a lot of friends and music connections there and we were going to be there for about five six weeks and I I hadn't focused on my music in a while Mm. and I just I was coping with and trying to deal with and sort through the emotions of this disappointment and um i just decided what if I what if I turn back to my music like what if I what if I record an EP and try and you know go in that direction and and get that going and so in like a week I put together a Kickstarter (laughs) I I I saw that yeah yeah. okay yeah and uh and recorded it at June Audio a really fantastic studio in Provo anyone's out there looking for a recording studio I recommend them and um and yeah just a conglomeration of friends and different and then friends of friends were are playing on the tracks and yeah so then I I focused on my music for a little while I I gigged a little bit while we were in New York City while we were living there um and then I haven't I've mostly pursued acting Okay. Since then, and since we've been the last three years, we've been living in Knoxville, Tennessee, for Jeff's to get his master's in acting. Okay, and so, and that's like acting is what I've had more time for. Okay, so that's well. Well, let's okay. So, uh, and I have to. So here's my uh, ADD train of thought for the night. I see your piano there, and there's this (laughs) part of me that desperately says, "Aurora, bust into chores." But then you have two small children that are asleep. So we will we will save that for another (laughs) podcast, right? Um, yes. Yeah, that, that one's a fun <laughs> one too. Uh, so let's, all right, let's, let's start from the very beginning. Shall we do that? Okay. Okay. Yes. And did yes. you think of a Sound of Music song at that point? <laughs> no, but. <laughs> no. Okay, great. Uh, that's my music. But that's a really great reference. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, all right. So kind of, when did you first get the acting bug? Kind of talk about what that was like uh, growing up. 
Yeah. So my family, I come from um, very creative, outgoing parents. And well, my dad's very much an extrovert. My mom is more of an introvert, but very creative people. And we grew up going to shows, to plays and musicals and, um, and, you know, enjoyed those. We'd clean the house singing Phantom of the Opera and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so like you do. Well, I would say to you, that was your normal, right? Right. Right. Um, and, and then by the time I was in junior high, high school, a good friend and I, my age, some family friends, we wanted to do Shakespeare because we Mm. were really cool. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and, um, and there wasn't anything really in the area. And so our amazing mothers said, well, let's put on a show in the backyard. And it turned into this incredible nonprofit theater troupe for youth but you know Shakespeare in the park for hundreds, thousands of people every season, and yeah. they do education shows, improv, um, and so uh. that was my that was my introduction to theater. That's what and, and to acting, and and I grew up studying classical piano and violin. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah so you know, yeah, very strictly classical musician. Um, so did you always study? Okay. Did you always feel like then that that was where you were headed for a career or did you ever have the period where I want to be a fireman or an astronaut or was it, you know, I was always pretty focused on music initially and then it branched out into acting. Um, I had, I had an experience when, you know, this is pretty typical. I think of a lot of artists. I was 14 or 15 and we went to see the tour of Les Mis that was coming through and you know I was just very overwhelmed by the production but really overwhelmed with how potent the and how powerful the combination of theater and music is okay and so from that that point I was really drawn to musical theater and I decided I wanted to study that in college so I started preparing for auditions and then I I did I was accepted into and did um Brigham Young University's music dance theater program which was great a good program that it was a it was an interesting experience because I for most of my time there I felt like I was kind of a um, what is it? A square, a square, square kind of round, hole. round hole. Yeah. Yeah. How, how so? And, I mean, how so? Uh, well, there, there's a certain like vocal type and sound mm-hmm. that was, you know, what, what, whatever was popular in the, the day of musical theater that was pretty celebrated. And that was what like professors and people kind of knew what to do with. And okay. I was always the, the kid that was like, well, we just don't really know what we do with you, you know? (laughs) And then I get into the real world and I don't really have any sense of, you know, what my type is as an actor. A lot of a common thing people will ask is like, Oh, well, I thought if you were a good actor, you're supposed to be able to play any part. Right. And, um, and it's true that a really, that a good actor can really embody a character and do good work. But um, each of us as human beings really lend ourselves towards certain types of people, right? Yeah. Like I, I could probably do all sorts of like character study and really get into it, but I'm never, I'm never going to play like, 
a heavy set 50 year old man, like an actual heavy set 50 year old man is, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's a really extreme example, but well, I, right now uh, I can't lie. I'm thinking of, you know, Danny DeVito is probably never going to play you know, some <laughs> handsome leading man. No offense. If he listens to the verse. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, right. Sorry, Danny. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, it's, it's true. It's true. So, and it's, you know, it's a bit, it's an industry, it's a business. And mm. so knowing your, your type and your energy, how you, how people read you when you walk into a room and, you know, casting directors are instantly going to be thinking like, okay, these are the types of roles that we could send them in for. Right. Yeah. Um, versus like, Oh, look at this young actor. How do I help them blossom and right. flourish no, into like the next Meryl? No, yeah. that's, yeah, it's not really how it goes. Yeah. Um, well, I want to ask you too, so, I, I like what you said about when you saw Les Mis and you had this uh, moment where you saw theater and it was combined with music and, and it had this impression on you. Um, I feel like yeah. that's a moment where I will hear teenagers at times uh, share something like, I didn't know, I, I'm kind of drawn to that. But then that's where, I mean, do you feel like the you were fortunate to have a family that supported that um, do you run into people in the industry that didn't have that or that kind of that was a real struggle? Certainly. Yeah. I, one of the great, great blessings that I have in my career is that I have parents that are supportive mm. family that's supportive and understanding. Um, I, yeah. And I have lots, lots of, lots of um, artists, friends that, you know, their parents or they're, they're just their family, their immediate family are, um, you know, in extreme cases, very unsupportive. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and practically disowning. Okay. And that's, that's pretty, clear, you know, but yeah. you do, you do find that for a lot of, a lot of people, it's, it's not seen as a job. It's not seen as a viable career. And, um, well, and I, and I, and I know I'm jumping around a bit, but I, I loved what you, when we were trading a couple of messages about, uh, so when people do want to get into this as, as a career, what do you think the common mistakes are or with, I know, beliefs or thoughts or what, what do you see? Yeah, I see, well, first of all, artists get a, the arts, like having a career in the arts gets a, a bad rap because we think it has a very bad track record. Absolutely. Because everybody knows somebody who moved to New York or LA or Chicago and was going to be the next whoever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a couple years later, didn't happen, move on with their life. Right. Yeah. And we all, we all categorize that as, okay, well they failed because yeah. there's so many people who want to be actors and nobody can do it except for the hundred A-list movie stars. But in reality, a lot of people are drawn to the art. People are drawn to the arts for different reasons. For some of them, it's, they it really helps them to express themselves, come out of their shell. Mm. They have some type of cathartic experience. They're emotionally attached to it. Some people really love the attention. They love um, that, that feeds them, not necessarily in a negative way. It just they they love getting to interact with an audience. Um, but for a lot of artists, what happens is they have this dream, and then they start to get into the reality of what it is to run a business, right? Yeah. Cause that's what you're doing. You're running a personal business and you are your brand. Wow. Um, and they say, Oh, I love this, but not in that way. Like, I don't want to make this my job. I want to, um, I still want to do this on the side or I want to find other, you know, I want to 
you know, make music with my friends on the weekends, but I don't want to go through the hustle yeah. and the, and the, just the, the job can, cons- the, the effort that it takes to building a, building a job, yeah. building a career. It's, I tell people that like working as an actor is like working sales commission because oh. when you get paid, you get paid great, mm. but you don't know when the next commission is going to come in. And so you have to, but your, your network and your relationships your rates, all of those things increase over time as you're consistent with it. Um, but a lot of people don't see it that way. They see it as like, well, you just got to get that big break. And right. if you don't get the big break, then what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. And so and that's the other, the other part, part of the reason the arts get a bad rap is because a lot of artists are terrible business people. Yeah. And so, and they don't, and they're, you know, they get scanned, they get suckered and all these different <laughs> things. Um, but what I tell people is, if, which ideally you're searching for this, no matter what you want your career to be, I think. But what I tell people is you just have to be so honest with yourself. Yeah. Okay. Go through the whole process and open to your journey changing because, and I, I've learned that very painfully over and over, I'll probably keep learning it over painfully over and over. But um, like going back to college, I left with this forced image of who I thought I was supposed to be as Mm. an actor and how I thought I was supposed to be successful. And, and I spent a good few years trying to make that work. And guess what happened? I was unproductive or Mm. I was depressed or I was not making headway or I was awkward in relationships. It just wasn't, it wasn't resonating for me. And I'm like, my personality is very, if I don't know if you do the Myers-Briggs personality stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I am an INFJ like to a T. Like if, if my, if what I do, if I'm not connected to it, I can't do it. It's okay. like so you hard you can't to make it. myself do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard for me to do that. Um, which, you know, it can be a weakness too sometimes. But, um, so it took me a long time to even just be open to the fact that maybe there was a different path for me as an artist. Okay. And well, can I ask and, you, what was that? Was that, was that, you know, initial thought was the A-list movie star? I mean, if, or, I mean, was that. The initial thought was like stage, like Broadway, oh, okay. musical theater. Right. And that was like, that's where I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to do. And, and I would get attention for certain things, but then it, you know, for whatever, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. Mm. Um, that's just how the game goes, but yeah. I would take it quite personally. And it actually took me, what finally got me to let go of it was deciding to have kids. Ah, because, okay. Yeah. Because I was, I was very terrified that having children was going to end anything that I could ever do for myself again. Yeah. Um, I, you know, my, I was raised by an incredible mother who sacrificed a lot for us. And, and I saw some of the toll that took on her and I was just like, I don't think I can handle that, you know? Okay. And, um, and just some of the, the cultures that I grew up in that I was raised with, 
there there wasn't much room for motherhood and anything else. Yeah. Okay. And so it was so kind of like, if I do anything there? else, I'm going to be a bad mom. Yeah. Sorry, what? I was, was there's some guilt there, kind of inherent guilt. Yeah, yeah. So much guilt. Oh, yes. I hadn't even had kids yet. And I was like, I'm a terrible mom because I want something besides changing diapers, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I had to really work through the fear that I would be unsatisfied or unfulfilled because the last thing I wanted to was to resent any yeah. children that I had. You know, it was like, I did not want to put that on them. Yeah, I would have, so I, I would have been a really star if it wasn't for you, kid. I mean, you don't want to have those moments. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, you know, I did a lot, a lot of, of just figuring it out. That, mm. again, being honest with yourself, that just painful, emotional digging and questioning. And, and, and Jeff was a huge support through that, my husband, Jeff. And so finally getting to that point of being willing to accept whatever would come. Okay. And also just feeling like if I have kids, am I going to have the opportunities or time to be able to keep being an actor? Is that even a musician? Is that even a possibility, you know, because there's not, you don't see a ton of people doing that. Hmm. Um, and a lot of the big Hollywood examples we get end up splitting up or, right. you know, it's these, you know, they, the things that they do to their children or t- teach their children. And you're just going, oh, they don't seem happy, you know? And, yeah. um, but uh, amazingly, after I had our, our first child, my daughter, uh, wild, I, I became so much more efficient. My like creative brain became more focused (laughs) because my time was much more dictated and limited because of this little baby and infant. Um, And a few months after wild was born was when we moved to Tennessee. Okay. Where I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do here? (laughs) There's, there just weren't the same opportunities as New York. Um, But it really, it, really what it did is it just like gave me an entire humble pie, like not just a slice, like the whole pie. Okay. And, um, and made me really be honest about like, what do I want to do as an artist? Like, what do I want to say? Why does it even matter that I, that I pursue acting or music? Like, why do I feel this? And I still felt that need and that desire after having a daughter. And I'd kind of made this, I'd made this commitment to myself, like, if I still feel that way, I'm not going to, I'm not going to push that down Okay. because I, that's part of me and it needs to be, it needs to be taken care of. Just did, like, did it look different at that point? I mean, were you ready to be the next Rafi or anything? Or I mean, or, or was it just that you were happy <laughs> still there or, you know? Um, initially it was just like, okay, it's still there. Okay. Um, but like all of my, the thrifting things, all of that actually started from that because I was like, okay, I'm home with my kid all day. My husband's in school all day and then rehearsal all night. And I got it. I was, you know, I actually started, I started this little Instagram challenge that I called a hundred days of thrifting where I just posted different thrifting tip for a hundred days. And I started that, um, even though I had some other, I had a show coming up that I was going to be in here in Knoxville and I had some different things coming, but 
I just knew I needed to do something creative every day or I was going to lose. I was going to freak out. <laughs> okay, like, and, and let's real quick, uh, thrifting. I mean, and I can't wait to get to this and, and your YouTube channel. And I mean, that is like so much fun. It's crazy. But uh, there are going to be people that are going to maybe not necessarily know what thrifting is. Right. Okay. All yes. right. So thrifting is um, buying used goods secondhand. So it rain, they range thrift shops or charity shops as they're called in the UK is um, they range from everything from like, you know, you've probably seen Goodwill, like a chain, like Goodwill Industries or Salvation Army does them or a lot of churches or nonprofits do them to raise money or to get goods for people who are in need. And basically people donate all of their used goods, used clothing, furniture, kitchen supply, not supplies, kitchen, whatever, house goods, yeah. home goods, yeah. <laughs> um, bedding, forks knives like whatever lamps any anything and everything baby toys um and everybody every thrifter has their limit of what they will and won't thrift for <laughs> i'm curious so, what is yours what what can you not thrift for um i kind of draw the line at anything i can't wash unless it's um unless like furniture is a different thing if it's like if it's a couch i i'm going to really inspect it before i buy it but like mm. Like I don't do pillows. I don't do, if I can't wash the blanket, I don't get it. Um, just because I've never had any problems and I, I don't know anyone that has, but you never know. <laughs> I can tell so. you uh, two, two random thoughts. When I was uh, in early career as a therapist, I, I worked next door to a Deseret Industries thrift store. Oh, yeah. and when I would have a cancellation of an appointment, I would walk over there and I would, I would buy books that made me look really smart. So psychology books, there were plenty of those. And then I was always yes. on the quest for a cool tie. And so that just became just my, my, my habit. And then, and really quickly as well, I used to write uh, for about a decade, I wrote a humor column in a newspaper. And one of the, when we were having kids, the, it was the start of the diaper genie. I don't know if those are even still around. Okay. I thrifted one of them, actually. Okay. Well, I then I, I apologize <laughs> that, uh, so that I wrote an article about, um, going into a, you know, secondhand baby store. And of course I had to make the hack bit about not secondhand babies, but then I said, Hey, who's going to buy my diaper genie? So Aurora, maybe you bought my diaper genie. It sounds like. Maybe I did. Yeah. If it made its way to Knoxville, I, I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, did, we did keep it clean, but I mean, you know, I thought that was kind of a funny thing of, uh, of uh, that was my first experience of thrifting, but it was kind of exciting with all the baby clothes. And I think we got a swing there and a, one of the jogging strollers and, and it's, it's yeah. kind of addicting, right? Oh yes. It's, I mean, we, we call it like the thrill of the hunt because you never know what you'll find. People, people often say like, Oh, I want to go thrifting with you. And I'm like, well, are you sure? Because I have to check everything. It will take me two hours to get to the oh, store. Okay. I mean, I can thrift for a shorter amount of time, but if I have my druthers, I spent, I like skimmed through the whole store. Cause you never know when you're going to, because it's just volunteers most yeah. of the time yeah. that are, um, that are organizing it and thrifting is becoming more popular. And so they're, and stores are catching on. So they're trying to make things a little more organized, a little bit nicer, which is fun. I, but I, I love the places where it's just like racks and piles and you've got to sift through. What is the, but, what's the great white whale of thrifting? I mean, so I was in Oakland with my son for a basketball tournament a while ago. And the rumor was there were these, uh, somebody at, at a, the Salvation Army in Oakland, which is gigantic that there had been these $300 pair of shoes that someone had got there. So my son and I walked several blocks over and looked through these kind of 
pretty, you know, worn <laughs> shoes for quite a while and never, found, never found another $300 pair. But is there a, everyone is looking for this thing in thrifting? It depends on the type of thrifter you are. And if you thrift, like a lot of people thrift to resell clothing and oh, okay. like on eBay or there's a, you know, there's a plethora of clothing resale apps these days. Um, for me, I'm always on the lookout for vintage, like, like okay. good quality vintage clothing. Yeah. Um, which gets harder and harder to find because it's a little more popular, but also there's the clothes it's, you know, they're getting older and older. <laughs> so yeah. they're less, less common. Um, but it just depends that, and that's one of the things that's frustrating and exciting about thrifting is you will never find the same thing twice, except I did find at a desert industries once, um, I thrifted this handmade kind of seventies dress. I was like, Oh, this is really fun. I like this. And I went to the same thrift store a couple of months later and thrifted a different dress. They were both handmade. And then a good six months later, I was looking at the one and I thought that's like, it had kind of a patchwork fabric on it. That fabric looks familiar. And I pull out this other dress and it was the same fabric. So the same person had made both items and I found them at the same thrift store two or three months apart. (laughs) So I don't know if they'd been donated at the same time or if the same person later was like, I don't want this one either. Yeah. But I love, so you never know what you will Is there a hierarchy? I mean, do, do people that go to thrift stores, will they, will they waste their time at a yard sale or is that beneath them? Oh, definitely. Thrifters aren't really picky. They'll kind of go anywhere. think secondhand. Um, Yard sales, estate sales, those are a different animal because you got to get up early. You've okay. got to do your research. You know, you got to be ready to go. Okay. <laughs> Whereas the thrift store, you can show up kind of whenever. Okay, that's fair. Um, talk about your YouTube channel, and then I want to get back to, I've got other thoughts about, I want to get back to kind of the yes. acting, but this is, talk about the YouTube channel. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, so my sister and I, my sister Adeline, we started a YouTube channel called Thrifted Sister. And I had been wanting to do some type of YouTube vlog channel. I'd been approached last year by a, by a production company that creates and pitches content to um, like HGTV network type networks. Mm. Um, and they, they had said they're like, there's nothing we're, we're trying to pitch a thrifting show because there isn't anything like there's people vlogging about thrifting, but there's not a show dedicated to thrifting. And, and I toyed with the idea of doing a vlog about thrifting, but I was like, no, oh, I don't really, uh, it just, it wasn't, again, it has to feel right to me right. <laughs> or have a really hard time committing yeah. and it just wasn't quite sitting right, but it, I knew I needed to do something with it, but I didn't know what. And so it was nagging at me and bugging me. And, and then when in December, this last December, I was home with my family and and my whole family loves to thrift, much to my dad's chagrin. He he likes thrifting, but he doesn't like, but all five of my, like my sibling, my four younger siblings and I, that is what we'll do. We love to, if we go on vacation, it's like, where's the thrift store? You know, like yeah. we want to thrift wherever we're going. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my dad's like, really? We're, we're in this place and you want to go to a thrift store? We're like, yeah, because who knows what people wear here. But um, we're, yeah, we're, we're dorky that way. And so, um. I, it just hit me. I was like, Oh my gosh, Adeline, we should do something together because part of my hesitation had just been, you know, I'm the queen of taking on too many projects. And it's like, you know, I, I'd wanted to do this thing, but I 
I also didn't feel like I totally had the time to take it on by myself. And I was trying to think of a way, like, how can you, how can we get people engaged with it as well? And, and I was like, Oh my gosh, Adeline, we should do, we should do this together. And she's, should, and she's hilarious too. I mean, she's an actor. Yeah, I know. Isn't she? Yeah. yeah. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, it's fun because she's almost 11 years younger than me. She's a senior in high school. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're sisters obviously, but we're in very different places in our life. And even like our sense of style is, is like almost opposite. It's very different. And yeah, so we, we got this idea and we planned it, put it together. And what we do is cause she's lives out by you and mm-hmm. um, in California and uh, I'm in Tennessee, obviously. And so we both take on a thrifting challenge um, like our fir- our very first challenge was who can match the most patterns successfully. And then the viewers in the comments below vote who they think wins. Yeah. And that's, that's what we do. And then we also do, we, we do little, we do thrift haul videos. So we show different things that we thrifted. We do. Um, one thing I'm really excited about is we're going to be coming up in the next few months. We're starting to do thrifting spotlights on different thrift stores and organizations that support them. Uh Um, just, and also one of the, one of the big reasons that I love thrifting is because of the sustainable factor involved. Okay. Um, fast is a really, a really big thing for, not just for our economy, but for our environment and for social impact and how people and workers are treated around the world. And so I hadn't even thought about that kind of angle. Um, and you know, you, you, Okay. And you talked about in your notes too, I mean, just kind of uh, the concept of thrifting in general is being a little more of your authentic self and you can express yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's when people ask me why I love to thrift, there's a lot of reasons why I'm passionate about it. But the, the reason I started and why I still do it today is because I feel like I can express myself through how I dress Um, And that's not important. Everybody finds different ways to express themselves. For me, getting dressed is a creative experience. Yeah. (laughs) Poor poor Jeff. It always takes me forever. And he's like, why don't you wear an outfit? You've already worn it. So I'm like, oh, because I have to make something new. And uh, I can't just wear the same thing. It's not out of a prideful, like, oh, I I can't wear the scene wearing the same thing. It's that I really enjoy. You enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and so thrifting is such a unique experience and I, I know I'm not finding something that everyone else is wearing. I know I'm finding something that, um, sure. It might be an out of date. That item might be an out of date style, but if I pair it with these pants or with the sweater or with, you know, I'm not going to lie. Okay. Here's my truth is that I own about 15 pair of khaki pants and 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 (laughs) blue shirts. And today I'm wearing a blue shirt and a light blue shirt and blue pants. So I've mixed it up a little bit because I knew I was coming on with you. Right. But there's a part of me that when I watch your videos, I mean, I kind of feel like, okay, that would be kind of fun. And I, and I have started wearing crazy socks, not going to lie. And even then there's a part of me that's like, what if I'm in front of a couple and I, and I cross my leg and then all of a sudden they're like, I can't take this guy seriously because he has, you know, polka dotted socks. Okay, all I'm talking about all day is people being authentic. And so I do feel like the more I watch your videos, the more I think, all right, that's, that's, that's kind of a pretty cool way to do that. And I have thought of becoming the thrifted therapist. Oh, <gasps> yes. So when you come out here this summer, then, okay, let's yes. go on a little, uh, let's go on a journey. You pick out okay. my wardrobe and then I will wear it on one of my uh, eight <laughs> client days and I will see if I continue to have a practice after that. 
Yes, perfect. Right? Challenge accepted. Okay, that would be kind of fun. But no, I really do like that, and I, and I hope that people will 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 go watch the videos. They're they're incredibly well produced, and I've always been kind of curious: is that a hard thing? Do you do the editing? And um, we take turns editing just to oh. balance the weight. So um, it's honestly, I have yet to. The only thing that makes me stressed about doing this right now is when we're up on a time crunch, if we're yeah. behind on our editing. But I have loved every process of it. I, I wrote the theme song for it. Oh, that's so uh, cool. I, and like I, recorded I, it at home, you know. Yeah. Kind of, that was like my foray into doing my own home recording. And um, and like my brother Emmett, who's who's a musician by trade, like he did all the mixing and everything. And so hey, will you, will, you pl- will you plug his band really quick too? Cause I've been kind of yes. following them and it's really, they're really good. Yes. Yeah. So my brother, Emmett, his band is the Fangs, F-A-N-G-S, like yeah. vampire Fangs. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, they're fantastic. They're getting ready to release another EP here soon. And they've got some, some great music They're They've been doing some, some touring, just some small touring around in the West west coast area and yeah they're they're fantastic Some okay hey are you okay if we do a little bit of rapid fire um some kind of just fun facts or questions i have for you and that sort of thing okay so first of all go find thrifted sister uh on youtube your youtube channel yes okay which would be amazing um and i think that, and then we have a nice challenge ahead in the summer i'm super excited about that when you come out here uh that's yeah. gonna be fun uh tell me the story about when you and jeff met so you're both actors. I'm kind of curious, were you acting together? Was it love at first sight? Well, did you, was it a, a passionate, uh, you know, you kissed each other on stage or what, you know, is, it, <laughs> is there a cool story? Yeah. Yes, actually. So we met. What was the story? Tune in next time to find out. See, I wanted to make it really dramatic. I heard this voice in my head that was just kind of this very deep, dramatic, you know, Will, Aurora and Jeff. Uh, find happiness, will they? And it just peters out right there. I think I've already said that I'm not a very strong actor, even if it's a voice actor. So pretend that I said very dramatic, cliffhanging things that make you just, you can't wait until part two drops later this week. Um, And until then, I will actually take us out with Aurora Florence singing It's Wonderful. Compressed emotions flying past our heads and out the other end the pressures of the daily grind it's wonderful elastic waste and rubber ghost i'm floating past the midnight hour they push aside the things that matter most
explode Allow the understanding through To heal the legs and hearts you move 